0: Good afternoon. Welcome to our broadcast, The Inspiring Word. And uh, we have changed our routine a little bit. Uh, Since Lori and I have been worshiping with a local uh, group of believers in a local church, uh, we have moved our broadcast to Sunday evenings. Uh, So I don't know if it will make a difference where you're watching and how you're viewing it, but thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for watching and listening. Thank you for remembering us in your prayers. Thank you for being a vessel that God uses to help further His work and His movement and what He does through the inspiring word. As we get ready to open today, I want to uh, begin with prayer and prayer requests. Do you have anything, uh, anything... As a matter of a prayer request. If so, feel free to share it. Feel free to share it right now. As much of it or as little as you feel comfortable doing, okay? Uh, We want you to know that we're here to pray with you. We want you to know that we love you, that we care about your situation. We want to help take those burdens to the throne of grace. Whatever they may be, God already knows, but in obedience to Him, feel free to share them with us. Feel free to share uh, the fact that you need and have a prayer request, and uh, the folks that are watching with us, I'm sure they will join in prayer as well. With that said, let's go to the Lord in prayer, let's begin our message for today. And we'll just ask God to bless it, ask him to bless you, and meet your requests where they are this evening. Heavenly Father, it's a vow before you. I thank you for all of the grace that you have shown and given, all of your mercy. Heavenly Father, uh, we don't deserve anything. I know I certainly don't. Heavenly Father, what we have from you is a blessing from heaven. We have your grace, we have your mercy, we have your love, your kindness, your compassion. Thank you for that heavenly Father.
1: Lord, there are
0: those watching today and listening today who are burdened. Who have something near and dear to their heart. Lord, I just lift them up to you right now. I lift them up to you and to your throne. Lord, I just ask that you would meet them where their need is right now. Whatever that may be. Whether it is physical, whether it is emotional, whether it is spiritual, whether it is financial. Whatever it may be, Heavenly Father, I pray. I pray that you would meet them there. Lord, I also pray for our nation today. I pray, Heavenly Father, that people would, would find it in their hearts that you would convict, and that you would move and direct us back to your word as the, as the founding principle of our life. Heavenly Father, I know that you can and I know that you will, and you will move across lives in this country and around the world. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the message tonight. I pray that you would bless it to accomplish that which you have purposed it to do. Because, Heavenly Father, I know from Your Word that it will not return to You void until it has. And it will not return until it has accomplished everything You have purposed it to do. Lord, be with us, lead us, guide us, direct us, hide me behind the cross. Let no one see me, but let them hear You and see Jesus. I and lifted up. In His precious name I pray. Amen. Tonight we're going to continue in our study of the book of Mark. We're going to be in chapter 6, and we're going to be beginning with verse number 7. Chapter 6, verse number 7, the gospel according to Mark. Now if you have been following us, you know that we just covered the first six verses, and it was the rejection of Jesus by his hometown people of Nazareth. Now, if that would have been any one of us, we would have been rejected, and we would have been depressed and frustrated. We would have been angry. And we would possibly have thrown in the towel and given up. Not Jesus. What did Jesus do? Well, He came away, and it says at the end, at the end of verse 6, In chapter 6 he went round about the villages teaching Jesus went on about his calling he went on about his ministry he went on about his work and then from that we pick up our passage this evening beginning in verse 7 and he calleth unto him the twelve and began to send them forth two by two and gave them power over unclean spirits, and commanded them that they should take nothing for their journey, save a staff only, no scrip, no bread, no money in their purse. But he, but be shod with sandals, and not and, and and not put on two coats. And he said to them, In what place soever ye enter into a house. There abide till ye depart from that place, and whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when ye depart this, shake off the dust under your feet for a testimony against thee. Verily I say unto you, he shall be more tolerable before Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And they went out and preached that men should repent and they cast out many devils and anointed them with oil that many that were sick and healed them folks there are some amazing things that are found in our gospels and there's some amazing things that are found in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ and one of the most amazing are the people that Jesus chose to be his disciple, those who he called. Now, if you and I were putting together a, a ministry team, these people would probably not be the kind of people that we would have called. They, well, they wouldn't. Notice with me for just a moment. Several were fishermen one was a tax collector Um, a couple of them were very quick tempered one of them was a revolutionary one was a traitor and not a true believer at all and all of them were very common ordinary people they weren't scribes and pharisees they weren't the well-educated and well-trained they weren't the ones who had spent their entire lives in already in study of the law. Instead, the men that Christ beat were men who lacked spiritual understanding. They lacked humility. They lacked faith. They lacked commitment. They lacked power. These men were always getting into trouble. They were always missing the point of Christ's teachings. They were always lashing out at people who were different. Saying the wrong thing. Walking away from their own individual commitment to Jesus. And, and that's just the name of a few. There were many other failures and problems that they had in their lives. It sounds a lot like me. In my life, in my walk, I spent more time getting up with bruises and bangs and scuffs and dusting myself off than I did moving forward, it seemed, in God's work, and God's word. But in spite of all of the weaknesses His disciples had, His chosen had, the Lord used them to turn the world upside down. But it was upside down for His glory. And they're still turning it upside down today. Now, folks, I find some encouragement here. You see, if He will use them, He will use us too. Think of that. Think of that. Next time you're looking in the mirror, men, the next time you're getting ready to shave, or comb your hair or brush your teeth. Ladies, the next time you're looking in the mirror, fixing your hair. Think of this. Jesus used them. He can use me too. And he will. That gives me hope that he will use me and that he has used me. I have hope and I want you to have hope. I want you to find that strength. I want you to see it. I want you to take hold of it as God is calling you today by His grace. The passage here, as Jesus has called these men to follow Him, He done so earlier officially in Mark chapter 3. Now for some time they've been following Jesus They've been going from town to town, event to event, person to person, family and households, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They've been listening to and teach. They've been watching his miracles. Since he called them, you could say that they had been in a hands-on, roll up your sleeves, and get your hands dirty seminary. Jesus. Has been training him, training those 12 so that he could do what he just did right here in this passage so that he could send them out so that he could send them out to deliver the message of the gospel today's passage provides us with the details of this sending out Sending out of the first missionary outreach for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this passage, it has something to teach us. Teach all of us who are servants of the Lord. And even those who may be watching and listening. And <clears throat> you may be thinking, God can't use me because of what has happened in my life. I want you to know that God can. And God will. But you have to meet Him on His terms. God is not going to compromise. He's not going to negotiate. God will use you provided you meet Him at the foot of the cross. You meet Him as He has called you to salvation, to repent of your sins, to confess Christ as your Lord and Savior, for you to follow Christ. That's where it has to begin. Christian, maybe you find in your life that, that repenting and uh, that things of that nature haven't been a big problem. But staying true to that repentance has. Hey, that's something that every believer deals with. Quit letting the devil discourage you with letting Him hold you back and stop you and prevent you from doing what the Lord has called you and prepared you to do. Think about those things. Think about those things as we go through this passage. As we take take it apart and as we bring out some points out of it that I trust will guide you, will help you, will encourage you, will strengthen you. And you'll walk with God in accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Notice with me first three things that come out of the very first verse by way of an introduction or by way of a beginning here. First is that Jesus called unto him the twelve. He beckoned them to come to him. When I began preaching, I didn't begin preaching because I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to go out and become a preacher. No, I was called. I was a born-again believer that had been called by the Holy Spirit to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I did. And then after a period of time in my walk with God, Christ called me to come forward and to preach now the calling of the Lord is not necessarily exclusive to a calling to preach every one of us are prepared by the Lord Jesus Christ for a work inside of our lives to glorify him by presenting the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ He has a purpose for you and He has a calling for you, Christian. Whatever it may be, He has that calling. And if Christ is calling out to you today, don't put it off any longer. Answer that call. And submit yourself to His commission for your life. You will be amazed at what He can do and will do through you If you are willing and you're humble enough to to give your heart over to Him totally in service, totally to do His his messaging, it may not be from a pulpit. It may not be in in the missionary field. It may be doing something else, but just submit yourself to the calling of Christ. And turn yourself over to Him and let Him have His will and His way in your life without any conditions or exceptions from you. You will be amazed at what He he can do. Look at what He has done through these 12 and still doing today. Some 2,000 years later, what they started is still moving and working today. God is wonderful. God is so amazing at what He can do in your life. He's called. He's called. And if you will answer that calling, the next word I want you to see is sin. Jesus began to send them two and two. There will be a sending. If you answer the call of Christ, to come and to join him, to join with the church, to to commit yourself to Christ, there will be a sending. And it will not be a lonely sin. It will be a sending with others. There may be one other. There may be multiples. I'm blessed in my life. The, the sending that Christ has done in my life involves my wife as a partner with me. Two and two, we have sent together. She does not claim to be a preacher or a pastor or a missionary or an evangelist or any title. She only claims to be my wife. But as a husband and wife, he has sent us. He has sent us through churches as myself being a pastor to lead those churches and as us being attendees or members in churches that we help grow and we help disciple and we help move along in in God's work. There is a sending. Embrace it. Embrace the sending that Christ has in your life and for your life. Embrace it boldly and make it move forward as He empowers you to do. Next, I want you to notice that He gave them power. Authority. Authority. Over unclean spirits. Does that mean that we're going to be able to go out and just Cast out demons as exorcists like you would see in the movies? No. I'm not saying God can't do that with you, but I'm saying that no, that's not the picture here that Christ has given. Authority over unclean spirits is the authority over the spirits that will try to hinder that sending, that will try to hinder that calling. Are we going to fail? I know that I will. And I don't say that as an excuse or as a license. I say it because I know it's true. I know my sin nature. And I know what it is and I've studied it and I've accepted it. And I know how unable I am to do anything on my own that glorifies God. But I do understand what the authority of God is through my life and what His authority can accomplish. And the power that comes from that authority is the power that Christ is speaking of Right here, right now. You will have the power to overcome the work of the devilish and the devil spirits and the unclean spirits and the demons, whatever you want to call them. You'll have that authority to overcome them or to recover from them. Given their work, given their attempt to hinder you and stumble you, Calling and in your sin. You see, Christ didn't just spend time with them, teaching them and letting them watch Him. He equipped them for the task that was ahead of them. Well, what exactly does that mean? Well, let's look on. In verse 8, He commanded. Commanded them. He didn't sit down and have a meeting with them. He didn't sit down and plan strategy with them with their input. He knew what he wanted them to do and how he wanted them to do it. He commanded them. He sent them out and he did it with authority in their life and gave them authority through him to carry the message of the gospel. And as a physical witness, there were some things that he insisted for them. He insisted that they take nothing in their journey. No money. No food. No script. No preparations at all. Only a staff. A staff to help them navigate the terrain a staff to give them some form of defense against wild animals and predators that was all that was all take nothing take nothing of the means of yourself Jesus was telling them in no way, shape, form, or fashion are you to depend on yourself when you're doing my work. Think about that. You are not in any way, shape, form, or fashion to depend upon yourself when you're doing my work. This, this, this ought to hit the preacher's really good. Do we really follow that ourselves? How much of ourselves do we depend on when we do God's work how much do we teach others to depend on their sale themselves what they do their goods their holdings their possessions their whatever while doing God's work when we should be living it in our lives as a witness and an example, we should be living that we don't depend on anything about own. We trust God to provide and to direct and to move. Now, how will God? God can do that in many ways, and we're going to see exactly how, these, how this is going to play out in their lives and in their work. And, you know, he he wanted them to be a walking, talking, living, breathing, physical testimony to Christ. And that's what he wants in our lives here in the 21st century. He wants us to be a walking, talking, living, breathing testimony to salvation, to grace, to the wonderful working and moving of grace in us. We willing to do that today? Are we willing to be that? Are we willing to turn our job over to the Lord for Him to use in His work? Are we willing to turn our household over, our bank accounts over? Are we willing to turn over everything that we have and to the Lord and give it all up Him, and I'm not talking about write a check to one of these other ministries that are out there. Some of the health and wealth uh, uh, ministries and all of that other stuff that's out there. I'm not talking about that. Talking about giving what God has placed in our life back to God for Him to use. For us not to depend on it as something that we have gained. Something we have earned. Something we have accomplished. Because we have accomplished nothing but death. Nothing but death. That's all that we've accomplished. We can do nothing. There isn't anything that we can accomplish or we can contribute to our worthiness to make God say, I need, I need that person. I need him. I need her in my kingdom. There's nothing that we can do for that. It has to be all on God's terms and by God's calling and by God's commands. Just as it was here. He further tells them to put on their sandals, but not to put on two coats. Even the protection from the coldest nights, from the harshest elements, God says, I will take care of you. I will protect you from the harshest things that you can imagine. I believe deep in my heart, with all of my heart, that God is willing to do that today. In my life, in your life, all we have to do is answer when He calls and be willing to be sent and to be empowered with His power to overcome. Boom, the obstacles that are going to be set before us. He furthermore said to them, Wherever you go, abide there till you depart from that place. Why? Well, the Lord didn't want them going into a community and house jumping, looking for the most comfortable place to stay. In other words, he didn't want them going in and looking for the house with the the biggest room, the coldest air conditioning, the best kitchen, and the most well-stocked refrigerators. He didn't want those folks doing that. He wanted them to go to the home that he had prepared for them to stay in and to abide there until their work was done. When he sends us, he sends us to the location he wants us to be. And he wants us to abide there until his work through us is done. That includes pastors, pastoring a church. That includes missionaries on a mission field. That includes evangelists in towns and cities and locations. That includes you in the place that He prepares for you at work or in the supermarket or in the PTA meetings at school or wherever it may be in your social center. He will send you where He needs you to be. He will keep you there as long as He needs to keep you there to accomplish that purpose. That's why we need the ever-expanding power of God to overcome the obstacles that hell is going to put in front of us. Because they will be there. They will. And we have to overcome them. And we can't do it on our own. We need Him. And we need His power. And then Christ gives some words of encouragement. He tells them, you're going to be rejected, just as I was rejected. You will be rejected also. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear you, when you depart from thence, shake the dust from under your feet as a testimony against it. Jesus didn't say go fight them. He didn't say compromise with them. He did not say negotiate with them. He simply said if they reject you, to turn around, walk away, kick the dust off your feet as a testimony against them of who they were and what they had done. They had rejected Christ. They rejected the gospel. And friends, if you're going to talk to anyone about the gospel, or you're going to engage in any conversation about the inerrant, infallible, inspired word of God, you're going to meet rejection. But understand this it is not rejection of you, it is rejection of the gospel. And as that rejection happens, you turn away from it, you leave it alone as a testimony. And you let God deal with it. the Lord says here it will be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city for that people for that household for whomever it is it would be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah being a messenger of Jesus Christ Is very real. It isn't a fantasy. It isn't a myth. It isn't some game that we play on Sunday mornings. It is the reality of the souls of men and women and even yourself and the moving of the authority and the power of God in the lives of faithful men and women to give that message out there and to understand the reality of what's going to happen when we do. There will be some that will accept and there will be joy and there will be fellowship and there will be happiness and there will be love and celebration and there will be glory given to God. But there will also be rejection and tears. Heartbreak. We have to understand where everything fits. We have to get our mind wrapped around the reality of Christianity and not continue as I fear we have in the last couple of decades. We have went down a road of making Christianity out to be something the Bible has never spoken of we have turned it into some type of a uh, to some type of an entertainment venue to some type of a uh, I will promise you if you will promise me some type of a negotiation with God or reaching a settlement or a compromise with God on certain things that's not in scripture that's not in the bible yes with God and with understanding that we are made to glorify God and from that glorification we will receive the blessings of peace in our lives and joy in our lives because we know that we are glorifying God and we're meeting His expectations by following Him and by submitting to Him. Submitting to Him. Because He is our Creator. He endows us. He reaches out to us. And in verse 12, we are told that they preached that men should repent. And that these people these men did cast out many devils, and they anointed many with oil that were sick, and they healed them. They overcome devils and demons. They anointed people with oil that were sick, and they healed them. Do I believe in divine healing today? Yes, I do. I believe that God can and will heal at His discretion, in spite of science, in spite of modern man. I believe He does, and I believe He will. Do I believe that demons are destroyed and cast out today? Yes, I do. Do I believe that many are anointed that with oil that that are sick? Oil being a representative of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I believe that the Holy Spirit is moving and working in sick people's lives today. I believe, and according to God's Word and what I see and what I read from it, that God is just as at work in the lives of people today as He was in the lives of these 12 for the very same reason to further the message of the gospel. So then it comes down to this in the end. Are you called? Are you being beckoned? Are you being summoned to come forth? Are you? If you are to put off the hold It is time to come forward and answer that calling so that he can send you forth with power. Are you being called to repent? To repent of your sin, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you being called? That's the first calling that we will experience. There will be no calling to be a messenger until there is a calling to first receive that message and receive that gift. Receive Christ. If you're being called to receive today, if you're being called, it is an act of God's grace in your life. It is time to answer. Either way, If you're called to repent and give your life and your soul to Jesus Christ, do so. If you are called to step out and to start being a messenger and to carry on with the work of Christ as he is wanting you to do and calling you to do, it is time to do it. It is time to let grace have its way in your life. So my question is, will you answer the call? That's where we're at. Will you answer the call? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the words that you have given. Thank you for the passage that you have provided. Thank you for the direction that you give. Heavenly Father, thank you for all that you have provided to get this message out. And Heavenly Father, I know there are hearts and lives out there that you have prepared to give. Lord, I pray for all of the prayer requests that are out there tonight. All of those that have been brought to me and brought into my attention. Heavenly Father, you know what they are during the course of this day and in the course of the past week. Lord, I pray for them and I lift them up that you would do a mighty work in their lives. That you would meet that need that is closest to you right now. Heavenly Father, take this message. Use it for the uplifting and the glorifying of your kingdom. May God receive all the glory. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us. And until next week, Lord willing, may God bless you, is my prayer. So long.